This is Tony Speaks. I am your host and the founder of Becoming Disciplined. I grew up in a loving home that lacked structure. Our house was filled with warm hugs and bad habits. As a child, the school system and my family acknowledged that I was extremely gifted. Despite those gifts, the hopes of my parents failed to materialize. I was the embodiment of a dream deferred until I woke up. One day, years ago, I experienced an awakening. I rediscovered a suppressed truth. Something was missing. Every failure, everything that haunted me as an adult boiled down to one character flaw. I lacked self-control. This one flaw had darkened every aspect of my life. I oftentimes knew what to do, but for some reason wouldn't do it. I had million dollar ideas that I had never executed. I had intelligence that was never made practical. From that point on, I embarked upon a journey, a never ending voyage to fix this broken piece of my character. This channel is not about one man though. It's about all of us awakening to the reality that in some aspect of our existence, we lack discipline. If you decide to run with me on this quest, we would discover great books, wise people, exciting adventures, and a better version of ourselves. Come and join us on the path to becoming disciplined. Welcome, welcome everyone to the first episode of Becoming Disciplined. And we already have a sponsor. I have a quick uh, sponsor spot that I would like to share with you. Today's program has been brought to you by the Prince William Perspective. As Virginia's only anti-racist online publication, the Prince William Perspective focuses on issues that are relevant to the Commonwealth's minority community. From government to education to financial literacy, the Prince William Perspective reaches all sectors of the community to inform and equip its citizens. Visit us at www.pwperspective.com or on Facebook and Twitter. We are the Prince William Perspective, the voice of the silenced minorities. Amen. It's good to have sponsors. Amen. It's good to have someone to help pay the bills. Amen. So at this time, for our first episode, I would like to introduce Mr. Luke Wright. Uh, today on Becoming, Di um, Becoming Disciplined, we interview Mr. Luke Wright. He is a Marine, a teacher, a motivational speaker. As a leadership coach, Luke Wright assists individuals and groups in bridging the gap from where they are to where they wanna be with humor, candor, and inspirational stories. Luke captivates audiences and motivates them to take action. He follows up his speeches with coaching. This coaching leverages the infinite potential individuals have. This potential is employed to take action to bring about the results that bring them closer to the goals they desire. Luke's social media page has testimonials. Before we get started, I would like to share one. This is from Tracy Hilliard. She is a principal of Urbana Elementary at Frederick County Public Schools. 
inspiring and motivational are two words that I use to describe Mr. Luke Wright. I made a decision to make a change in my life to get fit and healthy. I contacted Luke to discuss if he could assist me in meeting my goal. Just speaking with him motivated me to start the process to get healthy. I have not regretted that decision to work with Luke. Luke met me in person to start the process and the journey began. He has motivated and inspired me during every session to keep going because it has not been easy. During the complex sessions, he gets me to push through even though I struggle with the coordination of the steps. Luke has the uncanny ability to make you, make you believe in yourself and push harder to achieve. If you need someone to motivate you to achieve a goal or inspire an audience, Luke is the man for the job. Powerful testimony, powerful testimony. So Luke, welcome to Becoming Disciplined. How are you doing today? Uh-oh, I got you. You muted, you muted yourself. That's, that's, uh, hold on, you're muted. Hold on just a second. We will fix it. Got, got you. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. Doing well, well Tony. Welcome. Doing well. Oh, awesome, awesome. Before we talk about the issue of discipline, let's try to understand your context. Context is everything. Where did Luke Wright grow up? Well, born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, wow. Town City, oh. not too far from uh, D.C., um, currently reside in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, but born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, okay. Now, as every time I run into someone from Baltimore, I hit them up with this question, and interesting, I get very different opinions about this question I'm about to ask. Some folks get, get a little riled with me. Okay. And then some folks say that they loved it and, and, and it was telling the truth. As okay. a citizen of Baltimore, what was your perspective on The Wire? Wow, I love The Wire. I, okay. I bought, I bought the, uh, the DVD set for uh, each series. Um, I like the the characters. I loved watching it because as I watched it, um, I could say, okay, I've been there, I've been there, I'm familiar with that area. Um, and each series focused on something different about Baltimore. There, of course, was the uh, series where they focused mostly on drugs and the drug dealers that have uh, plagued the city. Um, they moved into to politics. They also uh, delved into um, uh, how the drugs came into the city. So for me, I enjoyed it. Uh, the actors were, were top notch. Uh, some of the quotes were unforgettable. Right. And uh, till today, it's probably one of the best um, HBO um, stories that they put together. Uh, you ask a lot of people, they say, hey, the wire's in my top 10. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes, one of the greatest shows of all time. I just asked because some folks didn't like the way Baltimore was. It's always a split. There's some mm -hmm. folks I run into that they don't like the way Baltimore was portrayed, but then there was other. there's other folks I meet who say they're just keeping it real. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So so I always like to ask because I always want to know because it's one of my wife's favorite shows and, and, and it's one of my favorite as well. So I always like to... Some, as someone who's from Be More. Okay. So what kind of family did you grow up in? Traditional or unconventional? Wow. Um, it, it, was, it was different. So first of all, 
my, my family is, is not from the United States. Um, my family is from the beautiful island of Jamaica. Uh, my mom came to the United States in 1968, um, several months after Dr. King was assassinated. Uh, I believe my dad came to the United States in 70 or 71. However, uh, my uncles and uh, my grandfather had the opportunity to come to the United States in the, um, in the 50s to do farm working. Um, so they would come on several months stints um, and do farm working uh, during some of the most challenging times in the United States and then return back to Jamaica. So for me, I lived with um, my mom. Uh, my parents divorced very early. Uh, I believe probably, I was probably about six, six months old, they, they, they separated. Uh, my dad went on to start another family, but he lived very close. Um, I could, he had a optical business, all right optical in, in Baltimore, and I could walk to his store every day. So when I got off the bus from school, um, I went directly to his store um, stayed there with him until my mom got home from work. And uh, on Saturdays, that's where uh, me and my brothers were expected to be. You know, we get up early in the morning, hey, you, you went to the shop and worked with dad. Right. So um, uh, my, my family was uh, very interesting. Um, so especially with norms, rules, and, and, and regs, for my household, they were a bit stricter than those of my friends in the neighborhood. You know, uh, Caribbean rules and, and norms are a little bit different sure. than, than everybody else's. Um, and so is the food. Amen. So uh, things were no different and, and, I, and I appreciated it. Amen, amen. Now, were there a lot of Jamaican families in the neighborhood or, or in the community or? Um, not really. I grew up in a portion of Baltimore, um, Northwest Baltimore, uh, hilltop area that was uh, in my early childhood, predominantly Jewish uh, neighborhood. Um, so my early childhood, most of the people on the street did not look like me. However, there were quite a, there, there were um, a number of um, African-American um, families and most of my friends were, were African-American. However, when I went to school, um, it was definitely um, more mixed, you know, uh, white kids, black kids, Asian kids. Um, but as far as um, other Caribbean families, no. Okay. Well, that's something I didn't know we had in common because I, I grew up with a Puerto Rican dad in a predominantly African American neighborhood, and you know, it, you know, you know, it was a little different. You know, it was a little different. So I, I kind of understand. I kind of feel you on on that difference there. Um, who in your early childhood development, because uh, this is a podcast about the subject of discipline, mm -hmm. who was the most disciplined person in your early childhood? Oh, man, that's easy. Real <laughs> easy question there, Tony. Um, my dad. Okay. My dad. And, um, and, and I would say my mom also. The work ethic that I think probably can, was enforced from their... Uh, Caribbean background was unmatched, un un unmatched. Um, you can ask any one of my brothers and my sister, we knew where to find our dad at all times, right? right, he, right. He, he was at work, right, you know, right, right. Um, at his store or 
and route to another location to support business for his store. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to tell me and my brothers that there's no such word as can't. Mm-hmm. And he, he believed in us in a way that we didn't believe in ourselves. Wow. Um, so easy question. The, the work ethic of, of my dad was, was unmatched and he, he's the person that I looked up to. That's powerful, that's powerful. Now, did you play sports as a youngin? Um, yes, um, I played uh, baseball and wrestling, um, wrestling in high school, um, base, baseball, um, uh, I think in elementary and, and middle school, uh, loved football, really loved football. There were a couple kids in the neighborhood that, that paid, played organized uh, football, kind of pop Warner league. Um, my mom and dad weren't much into sports. Um, so they really, they really pushed education, but never took the time to uh, get me involved in sports. The way I got involved in, in sports were through my friends' parents that would, would, would take me along. So um, I had friends that played sports and say, hey, you know, oh, Quentin is signing up or Jason is signing up. And that's how I, you know, I, I went along and my, my parents would sign a permission slip and, and I would go. Awesome. Now, how were you academically as a youth? Academically, I was I was pretty good. Um, I wasn't the smartest kid. However, I worked hard. I worked hard. Um, I would come home and, and, and study. And I, for some odd reason, I always surrounded myself with kids that were smarter than me. Mm. Um there was a program at my elementary school called the Gate Program, Gifted and Talented. Mm. Um, and I remember the elementary school I went to was called Cross Country Elementary. And I remember there were a lot of kids that I went to school with that were part of this gifted and talented program, Tony. And when we went to school, there was always one period of the, of the day that would, they would collect these students and they would leave from our class and go to some place downstairs around the corner from the gym. Oh, wow. And I was like, what is it that I'm not doing to be in the gifted and talented program, right? <laughs> and, and Tony, man, I remember a couple of years ago, I asked a couple of my friends, I was like, man, what did y'all used to do? Where'd y'all go? You know, what, what were y'all talking about in the talented program? So I was I was a pretty good student, um, not in the top tier, but I was always on the tailcoats of the kids in the top tier. Okay, awesome, awesome. I, I, that was uh, that was me as well. Uh, that was me as well. Uh, that uh, I was always in those those uh, I guess you call it AP classes and everything but I wasn't but I wasn't always doing the best in those classes but I was always uh associated or affiliated so how did you develop good study habits wow how did I or when did you develop good study when did I develop good study habits um I want to say I started to develop good study habits in middle school um the middle school I went to was called Falstaff Middle School in, um, in Baltimore, Maryland, in the Pikesville area. And at that school, they, you, 
in eighth grade, they sent out a, a list, right? And on that list, you could check three high schools that you wanted to go to, right? And two of the most prestigious high schools were on that list, Baltimore Polytech and City High School. And when you got in the seventh grade, Tony, you were always hearing about these two schools. So that motivated me to do what had to be done so I wouldn't go to my zone school, which is Northwestern. Okay, all right. Um, so I would always hang around the kids that did a little bit better than me in order to get where I wanted to go. Um, I would sit next to them in class. I would ask them questions. If I got something wrong, I would ask them to explain it to me. Um, I was always challenged with math. I liked math, Tony, because I knew if I got something wrong, I could, the teacher could show me, hey, step three, you carried this or you subtract this and you weren't supposed to do it. Versus English, where it always seemed to be the teacher's opinion and my work always came back bloody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that i understand that now um this is a topic of you know this whole podcast is about discipline mm -hmm. and one of the seminal writers on the concept of discipline or willpower uh focuses that one of the building blocks is sleep you know mm. proper sleep now the question i have is are you a good sleeper and if you are or if you're not when and where did you develop your current sleep habits? Mm. I would say that my current sleep habits were founded in my um, during my time in the Marine Corps, right? En enlisted in the Marine Corps in 93. Uh, and over time, I realized that my sleep had to be aligned with the requirement. Not eight hours, not not six hours, not you know whatever I thought my body needed, but whatever the task required. So um, I've listened to Steve Harvey talk about how much rest a successful person needs. You know, if I live on the East Coast and I wake up at at nine o'clock, you know, I'm I may be always, you know, already three hours behind compared to someone else. Sure. So um, depending on what the next day requirement is and what I want to get done, it's going to dictate what kind of sleep I'm going to get. Um, I try not to stay up too late, um, but I always try to wake up pretty early. Um, so it depends. It, it depends on what I need to get done. Um, I can't say it's going to be six. I can't say it's going to be eight because if the next day requirement says that, hey, you're only going to get four because you got to be on a, on a flight or at the airport for a 630 flight. So, so be it. I hear you. Now, are you one of those people that can go to sleep pretty easy or, or you know, are you one of those folks where it, you know, it takes you a while to wind down and get to sleep? Um, sometimes it takes me a while. Okay. Uh, my mind is constantly running, Tony. Um, so it seems like it's, it's, it's never at rest. You know, at, at, at night, um, I'll try to lay down and go to sleep, but the, the mind is, is, is still going. I'm, I'm thinking about, okay, what can I do next? Uh, here's a creative idea. 
um, uh, did you do this? Or if there's something that I'm looking forward to the next day, almost like a kid um, thinking about King's Dominion, you right. know, school trip. I was like, oh man, I want to go to sleep, but I, I can't because the anticipation <laughs> is just keeping me awake. Amen, amen. Now, <laughs> when did you fall in love with the Marine Corps? Oh, wow. When did I fall in love with the Marine Corps? Um, I have to be honest with you, Tony. As a kid, I knew nothing about the Marine Corps. Mm. Nothing at all. Uh, one of my older brothers was in the Air Force. Um, he wasn't really into the military. He kind of felt he was um, forced to go. Um, my neighbor, um, God rest his soul, uh, Mark Bennett, um, came home from the Marine Corps and he was telling me all about the Marine Corps. And uh, in Baltimore, I graduated from high school and because high school was so uh, challenging for me, it was a, a aggressive um, curriculum at our high school. So I felt burnt out after I graduated. Uh, got into Towson State, Tony, and managed only stay there for six months. No, not even that long. I got there in <laughs> August. I was home by Christmas. <laughs> and, and my dad immediately put me into a community college, stayed there for a year. And um, I was paying for community college by working at a dry cleaners, putting some money on my credit card. I was like, I don't want to do this. And I ran into the Marine Corps recruiter, Tony. Mm. And uh, he, he gave me his spew and his talk and his pamphlet and his number. And I uh, put his number in my, in my little pager and so forth. And um, you remember pages, right, Tony? Oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I have. <laughs> and so um, I, I, I gave him the Heisman for a couple months. Right. Um, until I, I got tired of um, paying for school on my credit card enlisted in the Marine Corps. And um, I originally spoke to the Navy first, Tony, right? When I was in high school and my mom was like, nah, um, I don't like what the recruiter's saying. I don't believe him. Um, but when I chose to enlist, I chose the Marine Corps. One, because I like the uniform. I, you know, two, because it seemed like it was the most challenging. Mm. It, it was physical. It was grueling. It was no nonsense. It was straight to the point. Um, it was either you make it or you don't. Right. Uh, it was, here's the standard, go for it. And we're asking for the best from you. And it was kind of like that no nonsense attitude, no nonsense attitude that my parents had. And, sure. and I was used to that. So yeah. I, I, I fell in love with the, um, the lifestyle of the Marine Corps that enabled me to be independent, um, away from home, and the, um, the esprit de corps, um, how Marines looked out for one another. Never leave a Marine behind. I, I love that. And being able to go into the Marine Corps and meet different people from different walks um, of life. You know, my, uh, my rat mate in boot camp, uh, Mr. Yarber, we still talk. Um, I was on the, the top bunk, he was on the bottom bunk. And he was country in a stop sign and say, whoa, Tony. <laughs> right? And uh, he used to always say, I'm fixing to do something. I was like, what are you 
talking about? So, you know, meeting people like that in the um in in, in the Marine Corps that I still talk to today, um uh helped me fall in love with the Marine Corps pretty early in uh, my Marine Corps career. Awesome, awesome. Now, I'm hearing that you developed some good habits in junior high. High school was challenging, but when I met you, you were an officer in the Marine Corps. So somewhere along the line, you you re you, you reattacked the college experience yes. and, and things changed. Can you talk about that transformation? Oh, yes, yes. So remember, um, my high school was very challenging. Sure. Yeah, um, my high school had an a, a course and a B course. Mm. A course was very aggressive, fast paced. B course, same curriculum, pace not so fast. Okay, so I started off in the A course. Uh, I was passing but struggling. So without my parents' permission, I changed to the B course and then let them know it. Oh. You know, mom and dad weren't happy, but um, it was less stressful for me. Right. Okay, um, we 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 go into the go into the Marine Corps um, after a couple months at Towson State, after a year in uh, community college, and there was a specific incident that happened while I was in the Marine Corps, Tony. Um, I was working as a dispersing clerk, dispersing is finance and, and travel claims and 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 pay. And during that time, Tony, we would work claims for Marines and civilians that traveled, uh, temporary duty or permanent changes of station. And during that time, they assigned clerks a certain number of packages to work. And you had manila folders that had hotel receipts, orders, um, and other documentation associated with the travel in it. And you may work, you know, 15 to 20 claims you have them on your desk. You computed it with a, a, a calculator that still had the roll of tape in it. Mm -hmm. um, and you would tear off the receipt, put it in the, in the folder along with your other calculations, put a rubber band on it and put it on the senior staff NCO's desk that was in charge of your section. And Tony, I remember one day, um, the clerks, we, we turned our uh, stacks in, and sometimes we would have to leave maybe around 4.30 in the day, in the, in, the, in the afternoon, and then come back. Oh, wow. Right? Come back. You go home, eat dinner with your family, and then come back, you know, when there was a lot of work to do. And I remember one day, Tony, uh, we were doing claims, and one of the staff NCOs um, had some claims on his desk that a, that a junior clerk had turned in and the stack did not have the rubber band around, right? And the staff NCO took that stack and shoved it off his desk onto the floor. Oh, wow. And growing up in Baltimore, I got a real no-nonsense um, attitude, attitude towards some things, right? You know, I think that there's a certain level of respect that you have for people no matter what, no matter what your rank, color, creed, uh, sex or, or background is. And I said to myself, Tony, I said, if those are my claims, I ain't picking them up. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't mine, but at that point I says, I've got to make a change and put myself in a position 
where I'm not exposed to that. Right. Where I'm more able to control my destiny and add value to junior Marines and treat them in a way that I think adds value to them, respects them, and mentor them um, in order not to be like this guy. Mm-hmm. So that was the, that was the uh, pivotal point where I says, "Hey, I'm going to make this transition from the enlisted side to the officer side." Okay. Now, how was uh, how was college when you re when you reexamined it? How was how was that experience? Uh, when I went back to college, I, w- I went through the uh, MESEP program, okay, in, um, which is a enlisted to officer program in the Marine Corps. And then I went through the boost program, uh, broaden officer, broaden opportunities for officer selection and training. Okay. Uh, that program is, is no longer around. It was uh, held in uh, Rhode Island. Um, and when I had the opportunity to go back to school, I attended Norfolk State. I was hungry. I was hungry now, Tony, right? <laughs> this, this, this is my time to shine. Right. Um, in addition, by that time, I was married and um, and had a daughter. So, two things: I couldn't I couldn't see myself letting them down. Mm-hmm. Right, dad is going back to school. There was no way I was going to let them down. Mm-hmm. Two, the other thing was, I didn't want to fail and go back to my MOS saying I didn't make it. Yeah. Right. So I said, you know, there's no way I'm going back. If I go back, I'm going back with those bars. Right. <laughs> right. Um, no disrespect to the enlisted ranks because um, it helped mold me. Um, I had the blessing and um, of some of the best staff and COs, um, staff sergeants, gunnies and song majors that really took care of me. Um, but I wasn't going back. Right. I was like, hey, there's no option. You know what I'm saying? You, I'm going to make it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, if I recall right, the officers who used to be enlisted were called Mustangs. Yes, sir. All right. All right. And then um, I just say from my personal experience, the best officers are the ones who were prior prior enlisted. And from an enlisted guy's perspective, uh, the, those were always the best officers. You know, matter of fact, if, if Tony ran the world, all officers would have to do four years in enlisted, you know, even the West Point ones should, All right. should, or, you know, West Point or Navy uh, should have to, should have to do a good two to four years of, of enlisted service. But if Tony ran the world, but, mm-hmm. uh, but question, did you have to go to combat in the, in the Corps? No, I, I, I didn't. Um, and I feel some sort of way about that. Okay. Um, I was with, um, the, the first opportunity I had was when I was enlisted and I was with dispersing and, um, I volunteered to go. Um, and this was at the, 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 the tail end of us going to, um, to, to the Gulf, um, for, for the first time and, 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 and I missed it. Right. It's like, hey, you know, hey, you, you missed out on a youngster. You know what I'm saying? This is the last of us going out and I didn't get to go. Um, another opportunity came when I was with 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marines in Hawaii. Right. America's 
best, right? America's <laughs> finest. Double <laughs> third Marines in Hawaii. And when 9-11 um, happened, I was stationed in Hawaii. And I remember waking up that morning, Tony, and everything had already happened on the main, main island. Wow. Um, and no one could get on or go off a of base um, uh, for a period of time that morning. And uh, we went um, on deployment to uh, Okinawa twice. Mm -hmm. And after the second deployment, um, I got orders. And immediately, several months after we left, they went to Afghanistan. Missed out. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, and uh, we, we lost a couple Marines and uh, one sailor from, from that battalion, sadly. Um, I was then had another opportunity uh, when I was stationed with Assault Amphibious Battalion in uh, Camp Pendleton. And um, in the middle of my tour, I contacted my monitor and says, hey, haven't gone yet, right? Um, give me a shot. And the monitor was like, hey, you gonna finish out your tour? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and everything happens for a reason, I guess, Tony. Sure. And I really thought to myself, you know, sometimes I think, man, you, you there were so many Marines that went and, and, and you didn't go, right? You didn't see combat, you didn't, um, uh, you didn't share in what many believe is a vital part of being a Marine, right? Going go, go to battle. And at the same time, I think, well, what if I did and I didn't come back? Mm. Or what if I went and I came back not in the same um, form and fashion that I went and I became a hindrance, serious hindrance to my family, right? right? right. Um, and put them in a position where I was no longer the leader of the family, but I was someone they had to take care of. Mm. Um, and then I look at it at uh, some of my wings that we look we lost, mm. right? It was like, it's like, man, you know, could I could I have made a difference? So it's 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 a real iffy situation, you know. It's it's you know a, a gift and a curse, I guess. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. As a successful man, because you know, at, at becoming disciplined, we look at all aspects of discipline mm -hmm. and. Part of discipline as well is emotional uh, intelligence. You know, mm -hmm. matter of fact, they say emotional, and I've read emotional intelligence can be a greater predictor of your success than uh, in, you know, your regular IQ, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but as a successful man, how do you establish healthy boundaries with friends and families that may not be as successful as yourself? Ooh. Um, I tend not to start trends that I don't want to be habits, right? Um, I don't hold grudges. So say for instance, you know, you, you may have friends or family that, that may want to, that, that may borrow money, right? So I understand that 
there's something different between um, trusting somebody, right? And having faith or hope in someone, right? I know if someone comes to me and, and, and they borrow money and I know them as a person that they, they don't pay back money, right? I'm not going, I'm not going to, um, I'm going to trust their character and their habits more than I trust their words. Mm. And realize that, hey, I'm giving you this money and in my heart, I, I know I ain't going to get it back. Right, right, right. Right? With, with that understanding, you know, and, 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 you, and you just let it go. Sure. Um, two, um, not letting everybody in your circle. Mm. You, you you know um i have i have a small group of of, of close friends i have a, a associates but there there's some people that you you hang around with and there's there's some people that you have strong relationships with um so setting setting the boundaries of hey when i see you you know handshake discussion of old times and so forth so forth but we don't really hang out because mm -hmm. I know you still live in a certain world and I and, and I live in a different world now. Right. Um, and I can still love you from a distance. Amen. Um, so, I, you know, I, I kind of set those boundaries, you That's know. Very wise. That's very wise. What's, your, what's been your biggest challenge since retiring as a Marine? Woo, my biggest challenge since retiring as a Marine. Um... I want to say, let's see, biggest challenge since retiring as a Marine. Wow, that, that that's a that, that's a that's a that's a big one. Um, I, I think relaxing, Tony. Okay. <laughs> re, 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 relaxing, and um, because as a Marine, it's like go 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 go. Um, sometimes not taking time for yourself or, or, or family, you know, to, don't be a sick bay commando. Um, sometimes we, we have that unwritten rule, you know, you know, we're, we're saving up leave and you know what I'm saying? I got so, so many leave days on the books and so forth when you should be, you should be taking it. So, um, at 47, Tony, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to enjoy Luke. Amen. You know, Amen. I, Amen. I, I got some comic books that I'm reading. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying Mandalorian on on on, on cable. Um, sometimes I just get up in the morning and and, and read. So just um, taking time for myself. Amen. Amen. At becoming disciplined, we examine discipline holistically and in, and in various areas. Mm -hmm. And here are all the areas that we look, we, we want to look at discipline, uh, right. spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional mm -hmm. or relationship discipline, mm -hmm. financial discipline, calendar discipline, mm -hmm. um, home organization and data organization. Uh, in order, can you tell us which of these do you consider your strongest points and which of these are your weakest points? And I'll, I'll read them again. Spirituality. Mm -hmm. mental physical emotional or relationship financial calendar home and data which is your strongest and which is your weakest um i think my strongest would be my relationships okay 
right? Um, and I also tell this to my students, it's not always what you know, but who you know. Sure. Um, I have a very short list of people that I would say I dislike. Um, I try to get along with, with everybody and maintain relationships that um, allow me to grow, add value to myself and, and add value to others. And over the time, um, I've realized, Tony, that most of my successes have not, have the country have come from profitable relationships. Someone has recommended me. Someone has given me some sage advice. Someone has says, "Hey, hey, Luke, let me let me let me holler at you for a second. Um, show my relationships." Um, now, was that was that dad, mom, the community you came in? Uh, was that an early Marine Corps mentor? How did you get that wisdom? Wow. So th th that's been consistent. That's been consistent. Um, my, in my dad's business, he always had people that came into the store that we would kind of ear hustle in a conversation or they would pull me and my brothers aside and, and talk to us about things. Um, my aunts and uncles would always give me uh, um, sage, sage advice. Um, the, the teachers at my high school, um, my uh, staff and seals in the Marine Corps, um, <laughs> staff, staff Sergeant um, McCurtis, who actually gave me the information on uh, the programs to transition from an enlisted um, to a an officer, uh, Staff on Baxter. Uh, when when I got into some trouble, you know, who who, who listened to me and didn't throw me underneath the bus. Right. Um, so it, it, it's been constant. It's, it's it's been also always constant from home to uh, wrestling practice at high school to the, the Marine Corps um, to my best friend um, uh, Nate Proxter, who I met met in the Marine Corps. It's it's. It's always been, it's been continuous. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's something I didn't even imagine that I was going to, that's that's some wisdom I didn't imagine I was going to get today. <laughs> so out of these, which one is also your weakest area or your most undeveloped area? Undeveloped area. Hmm. Um, let me see. I'll, I'll put it like this. Um, I would say continuously working area, right, would be my spiritual, okay. right? Continuously working. Um, I am willing to listen to um, different types of spiritual leaders, mm -hmm. right? Um, whether you, you may be Jewish, you may be Muslim, you may be Christian, you might be Buddhist. Um, and I believe that all of those religions at the, at the, foundational level, right? Their desire is to make good people better, right? And um, so spiritually, and I guess religious wise, I can't say that um, my life has been dedicated solely to, to one um, religion or one spiritual path. It, it, it's been a, a constant development of, of, of Luke Wright. So I wouldn't say it's the worst, but it is, it is one that um, 
um, it, it's been a constant transition, right? And, and getting wise advice from a lot of different people. And sometimes I see you post, you, you know, you post things, Tony and, uh, and other people. Um, so that is, uh, I wouldn't say it's at the bottom of the list, but it's one that's like, it, it's not definitive, Sure. I'm constantly working on it. Sure, sure. Constantly working on it. Sure. Um, one of the most valuable ones now, I think I would put right in the middle, is um time. Okay. Right. Time is my most valuable resource, Tony. Right. Mm -hmm. Because no matter how rich you are, no matter who your mom or dad is, no matter how many times you've been promoted, no matter what's in your bank account. You can't get your time back. Sure. Right? Sure. I don't, I don't, you, you, you can't buy it back. You can't wager it back. You can't get it back in Vegas. You can't get it back from a scratch off. Once you use it, it's gone. So I've been very good at watching who I allow to use my time. Mm. Right? Mm. If I have an appointment with someone at 9.30 and they don't show up to 9.45. What, they, what that has indicated to me is that they don't value my time. Mm. Something that only God can give me. That's right. So if they don't value my time, my, my most valuable resource, right. I have to accept that and realize that I can't give, I cannot dedicate any more, more time to you because you, you're willing to waste it. You're willing to waste something that I can't even buy back. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's very important. Very important. Now you help people uh, with physicality and, and you help people from a physical standpoint, develop plans to get in shape for your weak area. Do you, or your most undeveloped area? Do you have a, like an action plan that you want to address or, or do you, have you thought about that of like, hey, how can I get stronger in that area or what, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? You're, now, are you saying how can I get stronger like in spirituality or, yeah. um, so for anything that someone wants to get stronger in, Tony, um, I believe you have to form a habit. Okay. Right? And forming a had, habit is like programming right it, it, it's like programming um but we're both in front of some kind of electronic device right now you're probably on your laptop on my laptop if you look at any letter on there and you push the letter g right every time you push g g is going to come up right right because it's been programmed that when you push that key it will send and deliver the letter G. Sure. In order to get a different letter, you would have to reprogram the computer, sure. right? With, with uh, certain ones and zeros so that when you press G, something else would come on the screen. Amen. So forming habits delivers a message from the um, conscious mind to the subconscious mind, right? Sure. Sure. So you have to do it so many times consciously until it drops down into the subconscious mind. Awesome. So you drive, I drive, Tony. And I, if you look back or think back to when you first started driving, right? And you remember, okay, 
Well, dad said, I got to check the mirror, you know, check this mirror, check that mirror, foot on brake, in park, you know, foot on um, the brake, and then I adjust, right? You need a seatbelt and everything. Now you hop in the car and you do all of that without even realizing it. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we go from destination A to B and you say, wait a minute. I don't remember passing such and such exit, but I know I must have passed it because I'm at this exit. Right, right. Because now the subconscious mind is in control because now it's a program. Amen. Amen. So um, uh, being successful requires uh, forming a habit, right? Until it's now in the subconscious mind and it becomes discipline. Where um, sometimes if I'm working out, I'm not going to feel like getting up at five o'clock, Tony, right? Just because um, I'm in shape um, doesn't mean that I feel like getting up at five o'clock or five thirty any more than anybody else does. Sure. But the habit that I have formed sometimes get me up, gets me up before I want to get up. Mm. Right. I get up, my feet hit the ground. I sit up at the um, sit up on the bed, go brush my teeth, wash my face, get dressed, and it's not until maybe I'm. 30 minutes into the workout that I actually, okay, I'm good now. I'm sweating. I'm into it. Now the feeling is it, feeling good. Mm. So sometimes you you have to start it before you get the emotions that you want. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, some people believe I'm focusing on strength and ignoring weaknesses. And other people believe that you have to address your weaknesses. What's mm -hmm. your philosophy on that? Oh, man. Um... So it's, it's twofold for me, right? I believe that, yes, you should focus on your strengths, mm. right? What you do best. Um, animals are designed in a certain way to maximize their strengths and abilities, right? You're never going to find an elephant trying to work on his climbing skills. Right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's for the that's for the orangutan to do, right? And, and the chimpanzee because they are designed with these arm muscles and strength to climb and, and, and swing from branch to branch. Sure. Um. So I believe that people um should try and recognize their talents and their gifts and work on them to make it better. Michael Jordan. Right, one of the Lord of the Rings. Right, he, 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 he got a ring for every day of the week. Amen. Um, and somewhere along Mike's career, he decided, hey, I'm going to try my hand at, at, at baseball. Right, mm -hmm. it didn't quite work out. His talents and gifts um, lied on the on the on the basketball court, and and um, through his talents, he has motivated generations. Mm. Of people um, in sports and out of out of sports. So I believe for that reason we should focus on our strength. However, if you have a weakness that is is causing you to not achieve certain things, or is causing harm to the people that you love, it's one that you should address. Awesome. 
Awesome. Very, yeah, because we all, I think we both know Marines and soldiers who were great Marines and soldiers, but the drinking or the, or the whatever mm-hmm. got in the way of their performance, you know? Correct. So I think we've, we've all seen that. Um, what book do you recommend that helped you on your path to becoming a more ordered or structured um, uh, disciplined man? Wow. So I got a, I got a list of them, a short list. Okay. Like, All right. Um, so one is the four agreements. Okay. Right? Um, and one of the four agreements, Tony talks about not taking a lot of things personally. Sure. Right. Realizing that what people say or do has more to do with them and less to do with you, mm. right? So one of the, the four agreements. Um, two, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, God rest his soul. Um, that book taught me a lot about um, organization um, and focusing on my circle of influence, the, the place in my life where I can have the most impact. Mm. Um, not worrying and stressing over things that I couldn't change. Sure. All right. Sure. Um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh, wow. Okay. All, All right. right. A classic. Um, I have at least two copies of that book and I have it um, electronically on, um, on one of my devices. And I've listened to that book more times than I can remember. Mm. There's a specific chapter in that book, I think chapter seven or chapter 14, that um, they ask that you read it, I think for seven days or 14 days straight. Just continuously read that until it sinks in from the conscious mind to the subconscious mind. Mm. Um, think, think and Grow Rich, great book. Uh, the next one, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Amen, amen. As a Man Thinketh. Um, so self-talk is important, Tony, sure. right? Absolutely. We are with ourselves 24 seven, right? Absolutely. So what we tell ourselves is very important. So what we say to ourselves and what we think about ourselves is important. So, um, that, that book is definitely important to me. Um, last but not least, the 48 laws of power by Robert Greene. Mm. Um, this book educated me in being aware of how other people who may be very manipulative and cunning think. Mm. Um, not that I want to think that way, but in the game of life, which is often like chess, it would be very ignorant to not want to know how the opposition is playing. Right, right, right. And the 48 Laws of Power is a great book to understand how others move and think mm. um, in high and low places. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I love most of those books. Before we segue into the final section where we're going to talk about Luke Motivates and we're going to talk about, um, you know, what you do with kids, we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to close out with that. I got to pay some bills. All right. right. So, we're gonna, <laughs> so I want to share two sponsors. 2012 is just around the corner. Is your resume updated? 
Are you looking for a job? Are you ready to be promoted? The Purpose Strategist is your career development consultant for all resume writing and career strategy solutions. You can find valuable content on Facebook at The Purpose Strategist or www.thepurposestrategist.com. And then we have one more sponsor of the Virginia Connection. Do you visit several local news websites daily just to find out what is going on in your county and surrounding areas? Are you looking for more efficient ways to get a quick pulse on the news in your area? If you are, then check out TheVirginiaConnection.com where, where we compile the top headlines in the local news in one location. We will provide you with quick and easy ways to follow all the stories and much more. Our goal is to connect you to the local news in your surrounding areas and to keep you in the know. Visit us on Facebook at the Virginia Connection, we will keep you connected. So thank you for letting me pay those bills, Brother Luke. Amen. Of course. Amen. Amen. So now, and, and as we close out, let's talk more about what you're doing. You've already helped us become more disciplined. And I, I will say this before we segue. Um, I know this might be, you know, we're just starting, but I want to kind of create an environment where I don't, I want the listeners to know that I'm not gonna invite anyone on this podcast until I have seen them with my own two eyes accomplish a level of discipline that is to be admired in one of those areas, spirituality, mm -hmm. mental, physical, emotional, finance, calendar, home, or data uh, organization. So I, I'm not gonna bring any scrubs on. on no scrubs, on, no scrubs are, are, are gonna be on because I'm trying to help people and I'm trying to actually, uh, I'm like Dr. David Bruce Banner, uh, uh, looking for the cure, amen. Okay. I'm trying to become more disciplined myself. Now I can say in two of these areas, you know, I, I'm not, I don't wanna say I've made it, but I'm, I am disciplined in two of those areas, but you know, uh, we all have areas where we can get better on. The thing that really invited me out, I mean, you know, had me invite uh, Luke Wright out is, something that I know um, that kids, they need someone who can get physical with them. You see what I'm saying? Like, like especially young men, and, 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 and there's gonna be people here who aren't gonna understand this, is that um, men need to kind of, not in a painful way, but in a, it, it, it's just, I believe it's something that goes back in our DNA we need to hit each other, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we need to, like, you know, like in the same way in the football, and I never knew this until I took some martial arts. And when I was taking martial arts, I realized that there's a very quick uh, camaraderie that develops when you get physical with another man. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like there's a, a brotherhood that is right. formed, you know? And even when I was in the army, when you go and you're, you weren't necessarily hitting each other, but when you're out there, and you're in pain and it's 5.45 in the morning and you're running in the, in the, in the sleep ice and, and you know, the steam is coming off of you, you know, like there's a, a camaraderie that develops there, you know, right. where that's your, even, you might not even come from the same culture and they might get on your nerves, but 20 years later, you run into them and you went through something together. You see right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what made you, what made me invite you on is uh, I was watching videos of you and your kids and you know, I was seeing you like a like a proud papa, you know, play, you know, 
you know, sparring with them and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and getting physical with them. And you could tell that their lives were being changed. You know what I'm saying? Like you could, yeah, I could see it in the video. Um, can you tell us about your work with kids and, 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 and the program that you have, your institute that you have with children? Um, so there's several ways that I connect uh, with the kids. So I'm currently a Navy JROTC instructor um, at Columbia Heights Educational Campus and DC Public Schools. So connecting with uh, my cadets slash students on, on a daily basis um, is, is very passionate for me. Um, two, uh, my business partner, Tremaine Crawford, uh, he and I have been working together for about the last, man, almost six years now, um, adding value to the youth. And we have some virtual book clubs that we have on um, uh, throughout the week, I think Monday through Thursday, we work with elementary and middle school students and we allow them to be leaders in the discussion, right? right. We're empowering them to have discussions where they're talking about um, serious issues and do some critical thinking. Sure. If you constantly treat a young man as a student, how do you expect him to become a man? Right? So we put them mentally in the driver's seat and say, okay, no, we're having this platform, but we want you to lead the discussion. So um, you can look at any group of of, of young people, Tony. I don't care if they're from DC, Compton, Baltimore, Bankhead, uh, Detroit, Chicago, uh, you name it. These kids are going to receive the baton of responsibility later down in the road, mm. right? When they graduate from high school and uh, July turns into August and August turns into September and mama's looking at them saying, okay, all right, now you're using up, my, using up all my light, right? All my, my water, you're eating up all the leftovers, okay? You eat, you're eating up man-sized bowls of the... Uh, the, the the Captain Crunch, right? <laughs> but you're not bringing nothing in. Right, right, right. Right? And you're no longer a junior that was in high school. Right. Now you're a grown man. Amen. Okay? So what skills are we giving them today to empower them to be the men of tomorrow? Because that's going to be, there's going to come a time when you and I, Tony, we're going to retire, right? We're going to be uh, at the golf course or, or, or chilling out and there's going to come a time where we're going to transition where both of us are going to be eating tapioca pudding, right? <laughs> and our kids are going to be taken care of. Them. And then there's going to come a time when ashes to ash, dust to dust. Amen. And the, the youth of today are going to be the leaders of tomorrow. So it's an incumbent on us to invest in them today because no matter what we think, they will receive the baton of responsibility to take charge of whatever we have left behind. Amen, amen. Now, uh, if someone wanted to get involved in your youth programs, uh, how would they do that and how do they get in contact with you? Okay, so first of all, um, I'm on Facebook, right? <laughs> Luke Motivates, uh, Luke Wright, Motivational Speaker. Also, Luke Wright under my personal page and also 
um, Tremaine Crawford. Tremaine, the mentor Crawford, all right? So find either one of us on, on Facebook, contact us, and, and certainly welcome to join one of our virtual book clubs. Um, I also have my own uh, website, lukemotivates.com, and um, I'm on Instagram, Luke underscore motivates. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Luke motivates, and um, also on LinkedIn. So various places they can they can reach out. They can email me at lukemotivates at gmail.com. Awesome, awesome. Now um, I saw that you had uh, you had done something with John Maxwell. Can you talk about that experience? Yes, yes, yes. Um, a certified John Maxwell uh, coach. Uh, John Maxwell is a well-renowned um, motivational speaker that, that focuses on leadership. It's, it's, a, it's a great program, um, and it requires you to, to give something, right? There's a financial investment to getting involved in the, sure. in the uh, John Maxwell program, and you get out of it what you put into it, Okay. right? So uh, John has over, I think, maybe 70 books. Right, that he's he's written over a uh, many years, um, that all focus on leadership and adding value to people and communication. And once you actually read those books and reread those books, um, you begin to get so familiar with uh, John's leadership style that you you can then use it to add value to others um so excellent program um for people that are willing to consistently invest in themselves if, if you just want to join a program just to say i'm part of it i mean you can do that but if you really want to add value to people um and talk about leadership the john maxwell program is a good program awesome 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 now um what has been your highlight or you know your your greatest experience so far as a as a motivational speaker what was a a moment that you were like oh man i didn't expect to i didn't expect that to come so soon oh wow um i think one um getting paid as a speaker okay <laughs> uh, getting, uh i remember the first time getting paid as a speaker it's like man I can do this, you know, people really um, cherish or value what I say. That, that, that was that was a, a, a very uh, valuable moment. And I was I was still in the Marine Corps at the time when, when I did that. Um, so that that was, uh, and then the second moment was writing my book, The, the, the Right Thought. That was, um, that took a lot of discipline, Tony, you know, okay. sitting down and, 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 and grinding, that, grinding that out and then having the author's copy show up in my mailbox and saying, okay, this is something that will be around after I'm no longer around. Mm. This is something that can be my, my calling card or my business card when I'm not in the room. This is something that I can offer people once I leave the stage and say, hey, we can have a discussion on one of these chapters or all of these chapters in order to add value to you. So those are uh, two highlights of uh, my speaking, coaching, and motivation, motivational career. 
That's awesome. So a closing thought. Well, first of all, we just want to thank you for being our first inaugural guest. Amen. We, we want to thank, thank you because, it, you know, so it takes a great deal of faith for someone to come on and be the first at something. And, you know, we don't have a, a, a large audience right now to offer you, but we will be growing it. And uh, matter of fact, I plan before, hopefully before he retires, fully retire. I, th I know he's kind of like in partial retirement. But before he fully retires, I, I, my hope is to get Mr. Maxwell on here myself, but, but that's going to take some growth. You know, you don't go to him with 20 listeners, you know, you, <laughs> you, you got to have a good 10,000 listeners, I think, to get Mr. Maxwell on there. But, uh, but you know, my, my hope is we're going to, we're going to get him. And, and, uh, and uh, as we close out, I just wanted to thank you for being our first guest and uh, any closing thoughts regarding the topic of discipline or anything else that you feel led to share. The floor is yours, Mr. Mr. Luke. All right, so I would, I would leave people with this. My, my, my golden quote, don't find an excuse, find a way. Amen. It's very easy to get up in the morning and find a reason to get five more minutes of sleep or 10 minutes of sleep. It's very, very easy to find a reason of why I can't get out and do that run. It's, it's easy to, to say, um, uh, I don't have it. You know, I don't have enough money, right? Because a lot of times, Tony, we're, we ask money for permission to do something, right? But um, I, I don't have enough money to, 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 to do it, right? M money, can I do this? Money, may I? Right. No, right? <laughs> um, we were born into this world naked from head to toe, right? <laughs> and we have unlimited potential, exponential Amen. potential, Amen. that um, the type of potential that no mathematical equation can um, tell you how much it is, right? Sure. So the thing is, don't find an excuse, find a way. And sometimes it's not the first way, it's not the second way, not the third way, right? But there is a way. And with every mistake, every failure that you have, you find another way not to do it. Amen. Right? Amen. And um, you can do it. It's deciding if you will do it. Right? That's if you will do it. And hey, you're going to have uh, Dr. John Maxwell on your show. That's you're right. going to reach those 10,000 listeners. That's Man, right. You're going to do it, Tony. I know you <laughs> will, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on here. And, and, I, and just for our listeners, I want to thank you all who have tuned in today. And the three golden nuggets was what Brother Luke just shared. And then there's two other things that really kind of resonated with me. It was choosing your friends wisely, you know, choosing mm -hmm. your friends wisely, choosing your relationships wisely. And the last thing that I think that I'm going to, it's going to stay with me regarding, especially as a father, there, you said something that just kind of, it, it just kind of like if it was written down, it would rise off the page where he said, where you said, I always knew where I could find my father. Mm. You know, I, I always knew where I can, and, and let that be said about all of us as fathers, that our children know where they can find us. Amen. Yeah. But we're supposed to be about our business. Amen. When, right. when you're a disciplined man, your kids are going to know where they can find you. Yes, so thank sir. you so much, Brother Luke. Let me uh, turn us off on Facebook. And thank you all for listening and tuning in. And let me... Uh,